0: a radio show that confesses christ
1: without confusing the law and the gospel a radio show that takes scripture seriously
2: without taking ourselves so seriously
1: you're listening to table talk radio
2: i I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, <laughs> he, he, Wait a minute, you're mistaken. mistaken. To me. <laughs> he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, wow. boy, they must be playing a game wow. where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a
0: little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, <laughs> Pastor Fleming.
1: And it so, 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 so deserves to be crunched. I mean, mega crunched. <laughs> So uh you guys put the mega mega on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word. Passive. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious.
2: Well, we've been doing the, the Table Talk Radio video experience uh, here, and um, I'm, I'm not sure it's an improvement, to be honest. Oh, see. You can't have one episode per season. <laughs> I just—I I don't have to keep track. So instead of keeping track of the episodes, I can't keep track count. Of the... I can't count to two. Let's just start over again. <laughs> what are we? Season two. I like how season two has the same exact.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I th- it yeah it's it's kind of like a a spouse saying I thought I was the only one <laughs>
0: <laughs> The show thrives on being insulted. It's like the insult comic. But uh, oh, what was? Someone said, "I'm so glad Table Talk Radio is back." All the other podcasts I listen to, like, have sermons or theological monologues, and you really have to pay attention. <laughs> That's right. We're we're gonna Table Talk Radio I can listen
2: to while I work. It just doesn't... shut off. Yeah, just shut off the mind. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, I mean, I, it, we're we're kind of exposing a lot by doing this. Uh, it, you know, the people realize that we don't actually have a, a voice guy. Here in studio, saying that every time. I know that's what people's perceptions were like.
0: Right, that's right. Yeah. And that we're in different spots. Who knew? And also, someone there was another great comment. I love it. They said uh, that there is no show prep. Confirmed.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, on the flip side, they might s- witness our show prep when that when that theme music comes a lot on. Is happening. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> speaking of show prep. Look at this. Oh yeah, buzzwords buzzword for you. You got a buzzword. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, t- yeah, Of t- course, I got it. Tell me more about cannon. tell me more about uh, canon.
0: Well, I was hoping that you could tell me about canon because it's always <laughs> this always comes up when we were talking with the with the Romanists, huh. the Catholic guys, and they love to say, "Hey, hey, you guys are all sold the Scriptura. We are the ones who invented the Bible. You know, you wouldn't have the canon without us." Apparently, canon is a Greek word for read. We need a fact checker on this. This could be fake news. I think the Greek word is read, and it was a. They would use the, the canon. They, they would use the read to see how deep the water is. Is that true? Why do I think that's a thing? I, uh, you know. I anyway, know. what we use for canon is basically the list of approved books in the Bible, and this becomes one of these big things about you know what's your canon because you you can't go back to like, I don't think you can to like Justin Martyr and he says hey here's the books of the Bible that we that we. Approved approve uh there's a there's this big thing with the council of jamnia that happened in 90 a.d and they said that's when the canon of the old test the uh pr- pr- a better argument i think comes from our friend andrew steinman who says that the canon was established by the prophetic scrolls that they had in jerusalem in the temple that would that kind of mm. became the canon when it comes to the new testament we have the question of the you know the favorite anti-legomena homo-legomena mm-hmm that's one of the best words to say how come that wasn't my boss
2: I, I always thought, thought I wanna... and, and I could be completely wrong about this but I always thought the cancellation of jamnia did not include the um the the the, the apocryphal books or no, no no I'm sorry not the apocryphal books what am I trying to say the um the, the books that uh that uh, are oftentimes appear in the the um, Catholic Bible that do not appear in our Old Testament Bible
0: yeah, that's the apocrypha. Yeah, okay. Uh, you're you're so it's always easy to confuse apocrypha and pseudo That's it. That's right. So apocrypha is those are those books that are n- not prophetic but are historical, like the Maccabees and stuff. And then and then you have the Pseudopigrapha. That would be like, uh, the, and there's Old Testament Pseudopigrapha, false as- ascription. Uh, so you have the Old Testament, which would be like the Book of Elijah, New Testament, the Gospel of Peter. Those are the Pseudopigrapha. Um, but Apocrypha is kind of a different thing. I, I don't know if they did or not. But I was hoping you knew more about this because I got to, when we debate these Catholic guys, we got to know about the canon. Now, here, here's what we say Why are the books in the Bible? Because they're prophetic and they're apostolic. Because God directly called the prophets and the apostles. And with that direct call came the promise, not to all, but to almost all, that they were, um, well, to all of them, that they were revealing the voice of God. And then to some of them, that they were to write that down. So not every prophet wrote a book. I, I was just studying Elijah a few minutes ago, trying to figure out what year he was taken up into heaven in the chair of Fire. I think it's about the year 850 B.C. from the, what I'm finding here. Uh, and he wrote this letter to Jer, uh, Jehoram, and that becomes a big dating problem because Jehoram came a little bit later and so on. But So Elijah mostly was not, he was a preaching prophet, not a writing prophet. He did write one letter. But anyway, uh, the prophets wrote, the apostles wrote, and if they wrote it, then it's canonical. That that's our our kind of standard. So it doesn't. So the con- canonicity comes from the office of the author, not from the authority of the church to pick and choose.
2: Right. That that's the big difference. Um. Yeah, so, so so we have Jesus sending out these particular men to say, hey, hey, go teach, uh, go establish a church by your teaching, and and those teachers are ones that. That we see as uh, inspired by God, uh, so, so that when we find their teaching in writing, then that is the voice of God. Now, in contrast, um, what what the Catholic wants to say is that that these get their authority from the Church, and and so you, I mean, if, you, if <laughs> it's just kind of funny. So, if you want to press them and say, "Well, look, where does the Church get its authority? Well, from Jesus, because Jesus," they would say, "Jesus." has established Peter as the Pope. And so doesn't the words of Peter have inspiration by virtue that they come from Peter rather than because Peter is the establishment of the Pope and then the church... or Sorry, that Peter is the establishment of the church and then the church deemed Peter's writings to be inspired. Like, do you see the... Well, well, mm-hmm. Let's just let's just take out that middle step and just go right from Jesus to the inspired authors, and we'll call it good.
0: Right, that's right. That's a, uh, 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 like Chemnitz makes this great argument. He says, "You, you guys want to argue that Scripture is and tradition? Fine." He says, that's, "Just make the Scripture the chief tradition, that that cleans up all the other traditions. So every sub tradition must be accountable to the chief tradition of the Scriptures." And and what do you get is sola scriptura. Uh it's quite a beautiful sort of thing. So so say say the Pope can teach fine, but he's he can't out teach Peter. <laughs> the original right. Peter. Right. You know? Right.
2: So, yeah. All right. My uh, theological buzzword for you is church year. Oh wow. Church year, okay. So uh, this is how I uh, talk about the church year to someone who is uh, coming from a, a background tradition that has no idea what the church year is. And, and I, I always explain it like this. Like, you know, I mean, no matter what church you go to, uh, you go to church on December 25th, if your church is the kind of church that has church on December 25th, and you're going to be hearing texts about the birth of Jesus. Um, and then you go to church on Easter, and you will be hearing texts about the resurrection of Jesus, like that's what you'd expect, because uh, now we're free in Christ to listen to whatever text we want on those days, right? We we could we could go to church on Christmas and hear Good Friday texts, you know. We're we're free to 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 do that, but but there's something about on the days that we're remembering those events, even if those dates aren't necessarily um, uh, historically when they took place, it doesn't matter that we have a day to remember when those events took place. Um, then we're going to focus our attention on the events of Scripture uh, that remember that event, like Christmas and, uh, and uh, Easter. So what the church here is, is just kind of fleshing out the rest of the life of Christ throughout the rest of the year. Uh, so that we have, uh, of course, Christmas and then Epiphany is a season that recognizes how uh, God manifested himself through the person of Jesus uh, and then we move into the season of, of Lent where we, uh, re- we we focus our attention on, on Christ's um, uh, uh, journey to the cross and in repentance, the crucifixion. Easter, we're remembering the uh, resurrection of Jesus, uh, and so on, and so forth. Pentecost, so so that that it's we're not just limiting to to particular events, uh, Christmas and Easter, but we're just fleshing out the rest of the life of Jesus, so that we would remember all of his ministry a year round. And I think there's a great benefit, particularly when it comes to the lectionary, the lectionary, are those texts that are are selected in connection with the days of the church year. Um, that's a great benefit. Um, Pastor, I'm not sure if you thought much about that, but you know, churches that lack the lectionary um, kind of put the onus upon the pastor or whomever to say, "All right, what do you want to preach about today?" And yep. the the only problem with that, again, not, nothing sinful about that, but the only problem with that is that it it kind of revolves around the person's ideas or personalities. And I, for one, am eager to admit my limitations of creativity and uh, and uh, I, you know. Brainstorming when it comes to uh, services of the church. What is that music? I know. I can't it, that. Well, you oh, can't. Right, off... So what we're gonna play? What's in your
0: pastor's library? And name that theologian in the rest of the show.
2: Yeah, you can't see off camera the band that's playing right now.
0: Oh yeah, the live, the live Talk Radio <laughs> in studio
2: band. <laughs>
1: Busting the myth that practice makes perfect. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I'm
0: taking some old Luther stuff, pulling it out of the collections and publishing it. You can download it for free or buy them for five bucks. Find it, the Everyone's Luther, at wolfmuller.co. Click on the books at the top of the page.
1: Should
0: do, we should do, we should rethink the show. Season three should be DJ Quads. We just play DJ Quads. We, hey, all you out there in Radio Land, we're playing the next
2: one. Buddy. <laughs> well, what do you think about that? No I like theology. That's it. right. Uh,
0: hey, look at this. Look, look what I found here. I got that council Council Jamnia. Can you see that?
2: Uh, the finally, theory. some relief from the screen. Thank I know. you.
0: I know. Look at this. Now, everyone, look at Wikipedia, the Wikipedia. the authoritative. i to go to the Germany Wikipedia page, so it'd be like a smarter. But anyway, <laughs> the theory of the Council of Jamnia that finalized the canon proposed by Heinrich Greitz. That guy looks That's smart, a picture of you? that guy right there. <laughs> 1871 was popular for much of the 20th century. However, it was increasingly questioned from the hmm. 1960s onward, and the theory has been largely discredited. That's what I like to see. Interesting. Largely discredited theory. All right. Now, what do you want to do first? Name oh. that theologian or what's in your pastor's library? Oh, I kind of
2: thought we'd do a super game with it all.
0: Okay. Okay. We can do it. We can do So
2: I'm, I'm, I'm going to nail some some page for points, some name that theologian, and some what's yeah. in your pastor's library all at once.
0: Now, my, I tested the length of my headphone. Even if I switched to the other ones, I can't get to the back wall. So Oh,
2: isn't, isn't that convenient? Because I wanted that book right there. All
0: right. Which one? You point me to the <laughs> book, and I'll get it.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, no, no, no. Go down, go down, go down. Uh, how about okay? The the most, uh, in, in your little there's s- books behind here too. In your, yeah, uh, I, I can't see any of your books because you're a big head, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> okay, that that little centerpiece you have in your bookshelf with the with a picture frame. I want the book that is as far right as possible. That one, yeah.
0: Those are all Bibles on that show.
2: (laughs) That's what I want to read. Story Bible. That's what I (laughs) want. Okay, then go. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. All right. Story Bible. Now, I so this is the book that uh, I'm actually using right now for uh, a confirmation class with one of my kiddos. So
0: it's nice. You want to see what's inside? CPH does it. This book is.
2: Look at the map. That, that's a, perfect. That's good. All right, so I, I get to pick a page. Oh, yeah, you're supposed to. Or do you just show it up. to me, and then we put it put it down? Pick a page,
0: 470 option.
2: Let's do uh, 399.
0: Okay, 399. <clears throat> I'll give you points if you guess the story. Okay. 399 is a picture. I'll read from 398. When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made plans against Jesus. They wanted to put him to death, so they bound him and led Jesus away to Pilate the governor. Pilate stood before the governor. Wait, Jesus stood before the governor. The governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But he gave him no other answer. So the governor was greatly amazed.
2: I think, I'm going to venture a guess, that this is the passion of Christ.
0: You're right. Okay. Now look at what they do here. This is one of the reasons I like to study Bible. Is see how the pictures are. Yeah. They're,
2: not... hmm. oh, they're great.
0: Real picture. Uh, now, I always think on this story. You got to or you get it right. You got okay. to give yourself some points. Now, do, I gotta,
2: do I do I got to name the theologian?
0: <laughs> yeah, you do actually. <laughs>
2: Uh, well, hmm. <laughs> There's two ways to go. I, I think you it's yeah. a gospel writer or you could just. <laughs> <laughs> or someone from CPH. <laughs> or the Holy Spirit. You yeah. yeah I, I'm going to say it's based on true events, uh, that were recorded by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> there you go. 100% um, right. Uh, no, but let's, let's talk about this a little bit. So, um, you know, here you have uh, Jesus. So he's, um, so here, here's the dilemma. So, so the, the chief priests, uh, and those of the Sanhedrin, they want to get rid of Jesus. Um, I was talking about this uh, recently that, you know, it's, it's funny you have in, in John's gospel, you know, Jesus, you know, John really focuses on the signs. And so here Jesus is performing sign after sign after sign. And after each one, the opposition is just kind of building, like, you know, it's, it's we just really got to get rid of Jesus. Uh, the more signs he does, and the one that really, really pushes it over the edge is the resurrection of Lazarus. And it's it's fascinating in uh, in John chapter twelve, um, Mary Mary is anointing the feet of of Jesus there, and it says that uh, you know Mary was there, Martha was there, and and Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead, was dining with them. <laughs> And so then after that account, the, the uh, priests are saying, "You yeah, maybe we should kill Lazarus, too. <laughs> like, like this is this is bad evidence against our case that he's not the Messiah. So as long as Lazarus is hanging around, he's going to tell, hey, I was dead. Look at me. Let's get rid of Lazarus. So anyway. Um, and they
0: were all at his funeral. You know, I mean, there's like so many people who were like... We knew he was dead. We were there at the funeral.
2: <laughs> this is I very damaging.
0: Had a dinner, you know, eating a shish kebabs or whatever. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> so anyway, so so, so, so the the problem that um, that the Sanhedrin has is that they can't just go kill Jesus uh, because they're under Roman rule. This was the thing. So so they they need to devise a way to uh, kill Jesus, and yet. Have the Romans do it for them, so the accusation then is now insurrection, and this is why then we bring they bring him to Pilate and Pilate is not finding that this guy's an insurrectionist they're saying why don't why don't you just deal with him? and uh we we can't you know you're 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 the authority in this matter, and so he mm-hmm. Pilate, you know bends to political pressure, which is really i mean there's this weird dance between the Jews and the Romans that the Romans were the were in rule. And yet, they, they feared the Jews as such a mass number of people. I mean, they knew that if there was an uprising of the Jews, then they, they would be outnumbered. So there's this weird dance of oppressing the Jews, but not so much to the point that it would cause an uprising. And that was the, that was the concern for Pilate.
0: Yeah, they tried to hamstring him. I always tried this thought experiment. Is this to pretend like you were a, a tourist and you walked into Jerusalem the morning of Good Friday? And you you heard this crowd over there like I'm gonna go check it out. So you go and you see these two guys. There's one guy sitting on a throne. He's got his nice Roman robes on. He's probably got a sword. He's got armor around. I mean, uh, uh, soldiers protecting him. He lives in a palace. He's been promoted by the Romans. He has this great education. He's got this growing wealth. His wife and family are there with him. Uh, Everyone is respecting and honoring him. And then there's a man before him who's in these in these tattered purple robes with a crown of thorns, bleeding, having been beaten. And everybody hates him. They're spitting on him and slapping him, despising him, mocking him. So you see these two men and someone come and you're like, What's going on here? And someone comes up behind you and says, Hey, you gotta follow one of those guys, pick. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Right. You know, who do you choose? Mm hmm. And you choose Pilate. I mean, Pilate is the picture of worldly success. And that is, that's a telling thing. That should remind us of the, that the, that the Lord is not impressed with the things that we're impressed with. Mm-hmm. Quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, when Pilate looks at Jesus and says, Echo homo, you know, behold the man. <laughs> we do. We behold humanity in Christ. It's an amazing sort of thing that, that it took God to show what it was to be a true man. So we follow after Jesus. It's, it's a beautiful picture.
2: Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, let's see how much time we have left in this segment. Uh, about two and a half minutes. So right. uh, no, I actually, I, I know this is going to be a little self-promoting, but I'm actually anxious to hear a little bit from uh, Take They Are Life. Yeah, yeah. I want to I hear that from that one. But, you know, you've never been against uh, self-promotion, so... Yeah, I, l- I was
0: gonna. I was gonna <laughs> grab this one, even if you didn't choose
2: it. <laughs> I noticed you already had your finger there before. Nice, nice. Like, All right. This would you like this <laughs> or this one? <laughs> the best thing about this book
0: is it's mostly Luther quotes. I think there's more Luther than me. I'm just introducing the. So perfect. This is uh, Martin Luther's theology of martyrdom. I published it last year, I think. This is the book I was when I was sick. I was reading this book to see if I knew how to read. <laughs> Because I thought, I used to understand this stuff.
2: But it, okay. isn't, so the, got... isn't that under the assumption that it was coherent in the first place, though? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs>
0: you make a fine point. So maybe I didn't know how to read it. the problem. Was I just picked the wrong <laughs> to test my skills. 96 pages, although I have to tell you that the appendix starts on page 70, which is a collection of helpful Luther quotations on the martyrs. So the three chapters are the first 70 pages.
2: So, okay, so let's do page fifty-eight.
0: Now, what this will be interesting. I'll read from page fifty-eight, and you'll have to tell, you'll have to guess if this was. Oh, this is so beautiful. Okay, I'll read a couple. I'll read a couple excerpts here, and you got to tell if it's me or Luther. <laughs> oh, God. Christ says. Come to, this is under the chapter, Dancing to Death, St. Agnes and St. Ag- Agatha and their humble fearlessness of, of faith. And the humble fearlessness of faith. Christ says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Matthew 11. And it is as though he were saying, Just stick to me. Hold on to my word and let everything else go. If you're burned and beheaded for it, have patience. I'll make it so sweet for you that you easily would be able to bear it. It has been written of St. Agnes, that when she was led to prison to be killed, it was to her as if she were going to a dance. Where did she get this joy? Only from Christ, from believing the saying, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That is to say, if things go badly, I will give you courage even to laugh about it. And even though you walk on fiery coals, the torment shall nevertheless not be so severe, and the devil shall nevertheless not be so bad, and you will rather feel that you are walking on roses... I will give you the heart to laugh.
2: Ah, that's nice. Now, this is, this is a good game for you because if I, either way, this is a compliment to you. Like, if I guess, you, oh, that must be you. Oh, no, that was Luther. If I guess it was Luther, no, that was me. I mean, you're really just hoping I get it wrong here. But so I'm going to issue my guess right after this break. You're listening right. to Table Talk Radio.
1: Table Talk Video. Not a radio show, it's a relationship. Stay tuned for more <laughs> Table Talk Radio. Hey, daily devotions for your family around the word is found at what does
0: this mean.org.
2: So, Pastor Wolfmuller has read from his book, and I'm supposed to guess the theologian. All right now I now so, so it's either it's either you or Luther, and um I picked up on something that i I notice as a common theme in Luther. He really likes to do this thing where he'll he'll give the direct quote of a text and then he'll say it's as if he said, and it's such it's it's such a really a beautiful way to preach a text to say to to rephrase um what the text says in a kind of a direct application. So, uh, I'm going to guess that this is, uh, these are, I should say, the words of Martin Luther.
0: Indeed. From his last sermon that he preached.
2: Yeah. Ah, that's great.
0: Last sermon. So, it was February 15th, 1546. I think he died on February 17th or something like that. Wow. Three days after this, he's preaching, Come to me, and and talking about St. Agnes. So beautiful.
2: Uh, now I want to want to know why you decided to to write this book, because um, I've i thought about this a lot. You know, as we, as I think that no matter no matter what your political perspective is, I think that you look at the events going on at least in America and going, uh, this world is just completely unstable. And uh, as Christians have thought about uh, persecution and suffering, I think uh, we're largely underprepared. For uh, what what Christian suffering of persecution looks like, and I think that I mean it's it, it's been my thought as a pastor to try to bring these texts uh, front of mind for the for the people here. But uh, you're you're a little bit ahead of the curve here, so I was wondering why you decided to write this book.
0: Well, I, I mean, I so saw a couple of reasons. So number one, I was I was working on the book for I I was, I was working on a book for high school and college age kids, especially mine, and. I was thinking about the vow that we take in Confirmation. I'd rather lose my life than fall from the faith. And I was thinking about that, a martyr's faith. So we wrote the book, Martyr's Faith for a Faithless World. In the process of that, I was looking up a lot of these martyr stories and being encouraged by those. And I knew Luther knew the quote um, from Tertullian, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And so I went to go see where Luther used that, what the context was. So I just, I went to my my Logos, you know, it has all the Luther's works. You can search it. And I searched for martyr in Luther's works. There's something like 500, 600 results. And I said, whoa, whoa, <laughs> this is a theme in Luther that I'd never had seen before. So I printed them all out and mm. I tracked them down every time Luther mentioned the martyrs. And it was a, it was a, it's a, it's just a huge theme in Luther's own mind and thinking. In fact, pr- probably because there was a, there was a, 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 a a piece of the, where there was very little martyrdom in the west for about a thousand years so the the official martyrdoms ended with the with the edict of milan right with the, when constantine made christianity a, a legal religion and so that was 313 i think 313 so there was a huge wave of martyrs at the beginning and then in the west at least that was calmed until pre reformation and reformation time one of luther's first hymns was about these guys who were martyred up in Denmark or something, he wrote the Burning of Brother Henry about the martyrdom of the pastor that that was uh, b- uh, by the people in Dithmarten. I got a whole chapter on that in here too. So, so recognizing that theme in Luther meant that I wanted to dig into it a little bit more. So I was writing an essay for the Doxology um, orga Collegium Journal, and the essay turned into into thirty or forty thousand words. So that's then they said we can't. So that just so it became a book. So it's just my research on Luther's theology of the martyrs, that kind of all. I just wanted to capture it and put it together. So that's how that came about.
2: Ah, very cool.
0: All right, do one more page here because I, I want to read you one more Luther thing. So just pick one because it's all fantastic. Okay.
2: Um, how about twenty-seven?
0: Uh, uh, that's the page I'm on. How about that? <laughs> now here, okay. Um. This is an amazing thing. In this letter that Luther wrote, which is the burning of Brother Henry, he did a description of Henry's death, and then he did a, a commentary on Psalm 9 for the congregation that was mourning the death of Henry. And so here's just a couple of verses where Luther comments. So Psalm 9, verse 10 says, Those who know thy name put their trust in thee, for thou, O Lord, hast not forsaken those that seek thee, Luther says. God's promise gives us great boldness and comfort, for he assures us that he will not leave those who seek him. These are people who hold fast to his word, where his name and work are acknowledged and praised, and who do not rely on their own deeds and name, as do the works righteous. Verse 12, he who avenges blood is mindful of them. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Luther says, he lets the godless kill and spill spill blood, and acts as if he had forgotten the afflicted. But he remembers them mightily and sees to it that their blood is avenged. Thus, the more the godless spill blood, the greater will become the number of believers, and the smaller their own number. Hmm. That's an amazing thing. And then a couple of comments. The kingdom of God is established by the blood and suffering of Jesus, and it it is expanded by the blood and suffering of the Christians. Luther knew this. He preached it and he comforted and encouraged with the truth. Encourage is probably the most important word here. Luther knew that the Christian life of suffering required courage and steadfastness. His comments on Psalm 9 end with this encouragement. May God strengthen them and all of you and grant you grace to hold fast to the doctrine sealed by Henry's blood. Hmm. And if God should uh, demand it, to follow gladly in his footsteps. Amen. So Luther says that that Henry sealed his preaching with his blood, and he prays, if God should demand it, we should follow gladly in his footsteps and gladly go and be martyred as well. So yeah. It's an incredible, incredible text.
2: Right, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I think one of the, the key things that we as Christians are to remember is that, the, the, I mean, this is just kind of a, a basic thing, but it's something that we always need the reminder of, is, uh, is, is that this, uh, this life that we're living right now is not the the ultimate life that we have to live. I mean that that the, the, the suffering that we suffer here is a, is a temporary suffering. Um if if we have riches here, then it's a temporary riches. <laughs> uh if, if we have if if we're poor here, it's a temporary um poverty. Um so so that 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 we I'm trying to pull up uh, this text from Revelation. Pastor, you might might know it. Uh, there's a line in, in Revelation about those who did, who did not love their life, or or maybe it's inversely that those who loved their life,
0: yeah, uh, they overcame the devil with the with the blood of the lamb and the and the word of the testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. That's yeah. Revelation 12, maybe verse seven.
2: Or yeah, I was thinking that. twelve. So 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 here's 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 the point that here here we're given life, uh, an earthly life, but we're we're not meant to love it. <laughs> In other words, there's a way to to love the blessings of this life too much to the point that it becomes an obstacle to the kingdom that God has prepared for us. So if I if I love the riches, if I love the material goods, if I love even my family more than than God, um, th- then it stands in my way of the kingdom that God has prepared for me. And that's, I think, the the starting place that they'd be thinking about persecution and suffering.
0: That's right. Hey, this book, by the way, uh, uh, is is, if you go to wolfmueller.co slash life and you just go down here and you can download it for free. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. You can buy it too if you want to, but you download it for free. You download it for free to see if you like it. And then (laughs) then if you do, you can.
2: Okay, very cool. All right, all right, Uh, let's do another one. Okay, do you see behind your shoulder there, there looks like to be maybe an icon of some sort on the shelf there? Uh, yep, yeah, yeah. What? What is that, by the way?
0: My my brother Thomas painted that when he was like in middle school at St. Peter with the keys.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: Right. See, I'll show it to you. You okay. want to get a book close to that? Yeah, yeah.
2: So, so shelf under that one, and uh looks like there's a a green book of some sort there. Yeah, so, yeah one of those. Yeah, okay, grab that.
0: One of those. Okay.
2: Thomas must be quite the artist. He's getting, getting multiple green books.
0: <laughs> okay,
2: let's see. That's Thomas pretty cool.
0: Wolfmuller, I don't know when he painted this. He could barely write his name. <laughs> it looks that, cool, though, huh?
2: It does. It's very cool. I like it.
0: Uh, okay, I got two books here. Hmm, they're they're not they're both greenish. Um, here, let's do this one. I think you might actually. Okay. You got page 1 to 1,310.
2: All right, let's do even 1,000. Okay. Uh, I forgot I'm not supposed to know the title or author first. That's right. (laughs) Um, Got about a minute here, Pastor. uh,
0: The story was told and retold amid cries of delight and shouts of laughter. They had waited for their man as he drove home at nightfall, taking their station at the top of a steep hill where his horse must be a walk. And he was so furred to keep out of the cold that he could not lay his hand on his pistol. They had pulled him out and shot him again and again. He had screamed for mercy. The screams were repeated for the amusement of the lodge. Let's hear again how he squealed, they cried. None of them knew the man. But there is eternal drama and killing. And there had shown up the scrowers of Gilmerton and the Vermissa men who were to be relied upon. Huh. <laughs> you know. You know this, by the way. Uh you just don't know that you know it.
2: Ah, interesting. Uh
0: okay, well I mean, maybe you know that you know it. Maybe you think that you don't This is a guessable. This is a guessable book. <laughs> uh
2: well, I mean it sounds like it's a it's a novel. Um perhaps you know uh when I think I don't know if this is it. But maybe maybe this is your point that it's maybe not what you'd expect but it is. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, what I think of, because I, kn- I know you you tend towards the theological books, and uh, this is a novel. One one of the theological novels that always comes to mind is The Hammer of God by Bo Gertz. and I'm wondering if that's what it is. Well, I'll tell you on the other side. <laughs> hand... ah, cliffhanger. All right, well, we have one more segment of uh, Table Talk Radio after this. I'm going to be trying to guess more of Pastor Wolfner's library books. Stay tuned.
1: Ask me why, but you've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The Sunday Drive
0: Home, grappling with the text on the Theo Vlog. These are some of the playlists on the YouTube channel. Visit YouTube slash Wolfmuller1. Check it out there.
2: You know, we were talking at the break. Uh, I don't know yet if this is uh Bo Garrett Hammer of God, but I was mentioning the break. That's probably one of those books to have on repeat that a that a that a pastor should probably read over and over again. Uh I was thinking that and probably Walther's distinction between law and gospel. What what other books do you think should be on a pastor's repeat list? Just on a regular
0: Concord, Greater Galatians <laughs> and uh Chemnitz in Caridian. Hmm.
2: Nice. How's that book smell, by the way? It's good. It's nice. <laughs> you should pick another page. So I got it right about Bo Gerritz? Uh No, no. I'm saying you should pick another page
0: to get another example. Can uh, you imagine Bo Gerritz being 1,300 pages long?
2: No. But maybe maybe it's a collection. I don't know. Okay, let's try 532. I'm looking for one that will give you obvious answers here. Okay, I so- want to
0: be kind of obvious.
2: So it is from your literature section.
0: It's from my literature, poetry, look-smart section.
2: Let's see.
0: Aha. By no means. God bless you for saying that, cried Miss Harrison. If we keep our courage and our patience, the truth must come out. We have more to tell you than you have for us, said Phelps, receding himself upon the couch. I hope you might have, you might have something. Yes. We have had an adventure during the night, and one which might have proved to be a serious one. His expression grew very grave as he spoke, and a look of something akin to fear sprang up in his eyes. Do you know? He said that I begin to believe that I am the unconscious centre of some monstrous conspiracy, and that my life is aimed as at as my life is aimed at as well as my honour.
1: Hmm.
2: I don't know what this is. I wonder if it's um a uh, a book of like C.S. works of. C.S. Lewis or something like that.
0: Uh, let me give you the next line. Okay.
2: Ah, cried Holmes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it, Sherlock Holmes. The complete work of Sherlock Holmes. I guess I was I was assuming too much to think that it would be a theological, a I theological
0: nature. No, you miss C.S. Lewis is here. Oh, okay. So, this is theology. This is literature. This is crazy
2: okay oh let's go one crazy more? You want to do one we're, more? we're gonna go crazy let's go to the crazy section bottom shelf pick one out towards uh second to bottom shelf something in the middle i'm going for crazy this is good the the, the point of this operation here is not to guess i'm, I'm probably not going to know who this is but it's more fun trying to embarrass pastor wolfmuller uh from oh here he comes here I'll just... i was just uh okay I was just sharing with the audience my strategy when you're when you're off of the headphones. So,
0: okay. Well, okay.
2: This one, you got a chance at this one.
0: All right. <laughs> hey, uh, give me crazy.
2: Hey, you got a chance now.
0: <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I mean, maybe you, this is going to be tough, but you got a chance. Okay. Uh, let me. You got 210 pages. Let me just give you a um uh, some from the contents. Okay. Part one, concerning the qualifications of the one and who comes to a position of spiritual leadership. Part two, concerning the life of the pastor. Part three, how the spiritual director who lives well should teach and advise the laity. Um, Oops, part one I read in two parts, but it's actually one thing. Part four, that the preacher, after he has done everything that is required, should return to himself so that he does not take pride in his life or preaching. Hmm. So that's
2: your parts. Okay. So, so, the first one was "Return to the One" or something like that.
0: Sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. Let me read that so it makes sense. Uh, concerning the qualifications of the one who comes to a position of spiritual leadership.
2: Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, let's do. Um, let's do that. Let's. Let's. Um, so, what are the page range for that one? Uh, page twenty-nine to forty-eight. Let's just uh, let's start at the beginning. Let's do twenty-nine. Okay it says this
0: no one presumes to teach an art that he has not first mastered through study how foolish it is therefore for the inexperienced to assume pastoral authority when the care of souls is the art of arts hmm. for who does not realize that the afflictions of the mind are more hidden than the internal wounds of the than the internal wounds of the body and yet how often do they who are completely ignorant of spiritual precepts profess themselves physicians of the heart while anyone who is ignorant of the power of medicine is too embarrassed to be seen as a physician of the body by divine order, everyone in a position of, of authority in the present age is disposed of to reverence, religion. But there are many who, through this temptation of authority in the Holy Church, aspire to, be, aspire to the glory of honor, they want to be seen as teachers, and they lost to be superior to others, just as the truth attests. They seek the first place at the feasts and the first chairs in the assemblies. They are the more unable to minister worthily to the office of pastoral care because they have come to the position of teaching uh, of teaching humility solely by means of vanity, for indeed the message of the teacher is confused when one thing is learned and another taught. Hmm.
2: So, um, did did I did I correctly direct you to the shelf of the crazy?
0: Well, so I should just say from just unorth- about here to about down here is everything. Kind of a miscellaneous A to Z by author.
2: Okay. Okay. Let's so, think. so, uh, there's a couple of authors that stick out in my mind, um, when it comes to like, uh, books for, uh, pastoral, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, for lack of a better phrase, like pastoral coaching, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. there's the guy that, that I think did the Message Bible, which is, um, I think his name is Eugene Peterson. Is that? Yep. Is that? Yeah. And then um, there's another guy. Uh, I think Tim Keller. Is that his name? That uh, is a Presbyterian from like New York or Philadelphia or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are two names that come to mind. I haven't really read much of either one. Maybe a little bit more of Peterson. But uh, I'm going to guess Eugene Peterson.
0: Why don't you pick another page? How much time do we got? You want to do another book? I give you.
2: We have four minutes.
0: All right. Let's do another
2: uh, n- another page. I'm not sure it's going to help me, but okay. I, I obviously wasn't right because you would have been, you know, like, wow, good job, just one quote and you got That's it. That's right. right. Okay. Never
0: would I have thrown you off a right guess. <laughs>
2: <Ever>. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, let's try page... Uh, what, what's what's the end of the book? 200. What's 200. So, it about? How
0: the Spiritual Director Should Teach.
2: Okay, read that. 200, okay.
0: Um... What then does it mean that we are to do our good works so that they are not seen, and at the same time do them so that they might be seen, if not that we should hide the things that we do so that we will not be praised for them, but we should show the things that we do so that we may increase the praise of our Father in heaven? Hmm. For when the Lord prohibited us from doing our just works before men, the same one added, so that you will not be seen by them. And again, when he ordered that we should allow the good works that we do to be seen by men, he added, that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. Therefore, the extent to which they are to be seen and not seen, he demonstrated at the conclusion of each statement, saying, in effect, at the same time, he should not conceal the glory of the Father who is in heaven. Thus, it often happens that a good work can be done secretly, even though it is performed publicly. And again, it can be done publicly, even when it is secretive. For when someone who performs his good work in public, but seeks not his own glory, but only that of the Father... Such a one hides what he does, since he only had him as a witness and cared only about pleasing him. And the one who performed his good work in private but lusted for praise has, in effect, done his work before everyone, since he had made many people the witnesses of his efforts, because he craved in his heart the praise of men.
2: Hmm. Uh, I don't I don't know if I have a better guess than what I, I guessed before. Um,
0: Here it is, so. The Book of the Pastoral oh. Rule,
2: Gregory the Great. Really? I thought it was... Um, uh, the, the translation must be pretty modern. I was I was thinking at the time, it sounds like a more contemporary author. Um, yeah. Very Gregory interesting. Gregory was
0: five, uh, 540 to 604. So this was probably written in, what, 560? Huh. But it translated in 2007.
2: Wow. Huh.
0: By this guy. How do you say that name?
2: Well, if you don't know, then I'm not going to help you.
0: Democapulus.
2: <laughs> Interesting.
0: Democapulus. This is uh, one of these. Uh, this is kind of nice for pastors. Yeah, uh, it's a handy thing. I, I've pulled parts out of this. That's and I should probably read straight to beginning to end. So, huh. but I've I've uh, been um, happy about some of these things. That was your option. Oh, this is what the this was the other one, The Rise of the Greeks by Michael Grant.
2: What was the Oh, I see. I would have got that one. (laughs) All right, we we have about a minute left. What do you want to talk about in our last minute?
0: Well, uh, I don't know. Um, So, what? So, this idea of the pan. uh, What do you think about that idea that Gregory is putting forth? So, we have at the same time, don't do works in front of everyone, and yet also that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So, there's a bit of a a way to do that. And Gregory says. It all comes down to the motivation that everything we do, in public or in private, should not for, be for ourselves, for our own glory, but rather to glorify the Lord, God, our Father in heaven, and His kingdom and His kindness. So that if the if that intent is there, it doesn't matter if we're in public or if we're private. Then, because the glory is not for us, but for the Lord.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with him. Uh.
0: <laughs> he was a pope. He was an early pope. <laughs> Hope that's all. I have to. <laughs> make, make a note of that. It is something because, especially those called to a public office, like a pastor, you know, your good works are before men. You have to preach. That's a good work. You do it before men. But and, and it's a funny. How do you handle this too? Because some people will say, "Hey, pa- pastor, uh, good sermon." You know, they got their fingers crossed. On. Hey, good sermon. Yeah. So you you want to say, "Oh, no, 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 it's a terrible sermon." You know. I I, I
2: actually never have to worry about that. <laughs> 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 all right, that's all the time we have. <laughs> Thanks for well, listening to Table have Talk to say, Radio. Everything we do,
1: God be yeah, that's right. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. I've never Please heard anyone say that before. <laughs> before listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Side effects may include nausea, I'm falling, headache, ready. heartburn, <laughs> I hallucination. I've got the great answer, but only have Psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, <laughs> sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. The points. Like the evangelical church shot the churchier out of their cannon. <laughs>